The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you wish for a more fulfilling, erotic, and sexual life? The journey begins here. This is The Sexual Voice with your host, Jessica Ford. As a relationship psychotherapist working with individuals and couples for decades, Jessica knows how to create and support meaningful relationships. Along with her guests, Jessica expands the lens of sex therapy, connecting you with a more satisfying and healthier sexual self. Now, here is Jessica Ford. Welcome to The Sexual Voice, and this is the final episode. So, obviously, at the end, I'm thinking about the beginning, and the beginning was a first episode that occurred on at the end of July on a very hot day, and here we are. It is right now 19 degrees Fahrenheit where I'm at in Wisconsin, which is, for those of you who are looking at things from the Celsius point of view, it is minus six. There is a big snowstorm on the way, and we've already had quite a bit of snow uh, this December. But uh, all of this reminds me of the ever-changing landscape of our lives. Over the past four months, since basically my my last show live show occurred at the end of October I've tried to come up with a viable sponsor and it didn't work out like I had hoped for or planned and so today I'm wrapping up this amazing show with Voice America and what the future holds has yet to reveal itself but I trust that uh, something will come along and I have no doubt that it will there are no guests on today's show, just the voices of all of the distinguished guests who have graced my show. As always, I want to begin thanking some special people. It is with immense gratitude and appreciation I want to thank all of the show's extraordinary and very distinguished guests who took time to contribute in such a meaningful way to what this show was about. There's certainly Dr. Jim Foss, who did the very first show with me, Brave Man, and that was on Is Sex a Basic Need? And we're going to be expanding that and I hope defining that in today's show. There was Dr. Gina Ogden in expanding the view of sex and the benefits of sex therapy. There was Dr. Peggy Kleinplatz on What is Great Sex? Dr. Carolyn Pukal and Stanley Althoff was Where's the Sex When Things Don't Work? There was Dr. Meg John Barker, who talked about orientation and rewriting what we know about orientations and relationships. There was Leah Vallon, my good pal, who worked with me throughout the show on kind of summarizing some things and also always providing her very bright and creative input. There was 
Dr. Barry McCarthy, which was one of my dearest and I think in some ways favorite shows because of the dialogue that we had about sex, desire, and intimacy through the life cycle. There was the show with Dr. Alexandra Solomon and Dr. Paul Joannides on Can We Outrun Our Genetic Hardwiring? Dr. Brato, Lori Brato on Mindfulness. And Dr. Pepper Schwartz, a show that I enjoyed so much as well, The Ebb and Flow of Sex and Desire. Dr. Herbert Samuels and Dr. Catherine Hall on Culture and Sex. I was robbed, sexual abuse, and the loss of sexual self. Wendy Maltz and Mike Liu were such wonderful guests to talk about such a very sensitive topic. What can be learned from BDSM on consensual sex? That was a really pivotal show in some ways because a lot of the information about uh, Trump had come out on uh, how he had treated women. And Dr. Neil Cannon had provided some quite meaningful insights about what consensual sex looked like with a BDSM couple or kink. And then the final show, which was so much fun, with Dr. Joe Court and Dr. Emily Nagowski. Where is he? He is not into me or in me anymore. And that show seems to permeate a lot of my practice with people who feel uh, the man in their life just isn't able to have the desire they're hoping for or they were seeking. So I want to thank all of those people so much for giving me the time they did and uh, providing the input that they were able to give on these very interesting topics. A big thank you is going out to everyone who listened live and to the on-demand shows. And there were many of you. I believe we're looking at close to 8,000, which isn't bad, I think, for a show that aired for four months. And it will continue to air on demand. All of these episodes are available on my website at jafordgroup.com and also certainly on Voice America's variety channel at The Sexual Voice. So you can listen to these whenever you want, I think, for as long as you want, forever, as long as Voice America continues. And last but not least, to this amazing family that I'm so fortunate to have and all of the dear friends who have supported and contributed And trust me, they've shown up in so many ways with such valuable input and uh, suggestions and critiques. So looking at what was this show ever about? And, And I think I began, I jumped in and kind of gave an overview and launched out very quickly with uh, Jim Faust's looking at the neurobiology of sex. The very first show laid out this intent, and the sexual voice is a sex show, but it's from a sex therapist perspective. And you may wonder or ask, because I'm often asked, what does a sex therapist do? As a matter of fact, recently, someone was saying, exactly what is sex therapy all about? So once I reassure them, or at least let them know that it is not about touch, I'm not a sex surrogate, uh, there is no touching This is talk therapy, but it's a talk therapy that helps people connect with and encourage them to connect 
with the most intimate part of their being, and that's their sexual self. For many, sex is a mystery. It's based on myths and cloaked in religion and cultural gender bias, or sometimes quite tragically, as we know, learned about from sexual trauma. Over the course we, of the show, we have learned that there are no neurological or physiological patterns that distinguishes race from one another. As for gender, our biology has extensive similarities as well. Our hormone systems function the same ways and with the same hormones. There are no specifically male or female hormones but there are only important variations in hormone levels and patterns. Our brains are the same. There are no reliability and repeatedly demonstrated morphology brain differences between the sexes or even between the races. So why do we see each other with such differences? Largely since society controls and shapes our sexuality, our view on gender, and certainly race. With the creation of myths, fears, and from a vantage point of privilege, society and culture determines how we think about ourselves and others. What would the world look like if there were only males and females, no race, gender, labels, or orientations, just acceptance of ourselves and all of our endless possibilities. Kind of little utopia, but not really. All too often, these beliefs keep us disconnected from our bodies and emotions, which leaves our minds and thoughts to take over while ignoring the whole of us. As a sex therapist, the work is to help people feel whole. And from Emily Nagowski, the phrase, not broken. It is about integration of their mind and body regarding their sexuality and to feel positive about their sexual health. Over the course of my professional work as a relationship psychotherapist and certified sex therapist, I have become acutely aware of people's struggles with sexual issues and just sex in general. Often what appears to be a sexual difficulty comes down to an inability to know and express themselves emotionally and sexually. They feel inadequate and lack confidence. Words like it is embarrassing, awkward, painful, ashamed and guilty get expressed. When I ask clients, where did you first learn about sex? They frequently answer, from no one, or from friends, and or porn. Men are supposed to know everything about everything, including sex, and I can assure you they don't. Most women have never looked at their vagina or even touched themselves. Yet we know women are touching themselves to shave their pubic hair, but can't even masturbate because it doesn't feel right to touch themselves in that area. And 
latest research, re, the, re, <laughs> the latest research shows adults who groom their pubic hair have a higher rate of sexually transmitted infections, STIs. People who have shaved, waxed, trimmed, and plucked their pubic hair were found to be twice as likely to have STIs as like such as herpes, which can spread via the skin. They were also 90% more likely to have lice and 70% more likely to have other kinds of STIs like chlamydia, which can spread through bodily fluids. In this research that was done and basically encompassed about 7,500 people of U.S. adults, they were asked whether they groom their hair, their pubic hair. 66% of the men said they did, and a whopping 84% of women said they did. It would have been interesting to know how many of those women know anything about the area other than shaving, how many of them touch themselves, and how many women actually masturbate. The best defense against STIs is to practice safe sex and to stop pubic hair grooming. We know that young women and men are influenced by the porn industry that portrays women with no pubic hair. And some men have even kind of alluded to, but been even more specific than that, to believe that women with a bush, they're dirty and are less desirable. So you have to say it's no wonder they can't talk about sex to anyone or even sometimes themselves because what I've come to realize people don't know about sex. The promising thing is they really want to know and that's why they come and sit in my office. And it's kind of like our election that we've just suffered through. There is a continued amount of inaccurate information about so many things that affect our lives. We know that there are more TV shows, YouTube videos, podcasts, sex shows than ever before, all talking about sex, broadening our knowledge about sexual orientations, which is really good because we need to know about sexual orientations and how those people live their lives. Sex is everywhere, and it seems at times like everyone is having it, except maybe you. Yet, we still do not know about sex. We are taught how to have anal sex or have oral sex. We're talking about multiple orgasms, how to get it up or keep it up with medications. There's certainly tantric sex, which is fun, nice to explore. And there's also discussion about where the G-spot is. Sex educators in France are expanding the knowledge of the clitoris from the misconception of it being this small little button near the urethra on a woman to realizing it's a large organ that wraps around the vagina and the lips of the vulva. And it has no other benefit than for pleasure. 
a girl, a good friend of mine's three-year-old daughter recently asked her, what is this pointing to her vagina? Feeling uncertain as to what to say, she asked me. So I told her, tell her what it is. And she is now calling it her agina, which I think is quite, uh, quite a good thing. What would it look like if more adults, more children, uh, more parents could talk to their children about the parts of the body and understanding that healthy sex is about that knowledge of knowing what you have and what it's for. And I'm so grateful that sex is being openly discussed. And for the most part, great information is being put out there. There are behaviors and an expression of appetite. And while these behaviors are sexual, I guess I ask, what are we learning about the behaviors? And what motivates these behaviors? And do they really define us sexually? Or is there more? So... I'm going to read a bit of a study that was just very briefly on neurobiology of sexual desire. And this was done, actually included James Foss, who was, as we know, the first guest on my show. Sexual desire is a component of procreative desire that is essential for the sustenance of humans' species. Sexual desire is also a component of a broadly defined survival instinct. Survival and procreation are two of the fundamental drive states of all mammals. And there are three behaviors, the ingestive, the agonistic, and and the reproductive. These three behaviors require somatic, atomic and the neuroendocrine responses and all pass through the initiation, the appetitive and the procurement and the consummation phases. To understand sexual behavior is something different. Sex drive is an intrinsic natural phenomena for which there is a fundamental purpose for its existence. To ensure that it functions optimally, nature has created desire to engage in sexual activity and the pleasure that goes with it. For humans, nature has been extremely generous as humans derive pleasure from sex far more than most animals and the duration of each episode and the frequency of sexual acts far exceed those of other animals. An understanding that desire does not exist in a vacuum. vacuum. Desire or motivation is an intermediary process that propels a strategy into action. Without motivation, animals would not pursue goals or engage in reward-seeking behavior. Nature has provided a rewarding experience to sexual acts and to ensure the sustenance of the species and evolution. 
So I'm going to leave you with that for a few moments and we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back to continue to explore what I believe sex as a basic human need. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you experiencing a sexual concern or issue that you would like to discuss? Jessica Ford is available for a brief consultation to help. For a nominal fee charged to your credit card, you can experience a 30-minute one-on-one confidential phone consultation with Jessica on your sexual situation or challenges you are experiencing. To schedule your personal consult with Jessica, email thesexualvoice at jafordgroup.com or contact her through her website, jafordgroup.com. Remember to provide your contact information. Jessica is here to help you. Are you available to travel to Jessica's office between Milwaukee and Chicago? When the need arises, some issues or situations require more than a brief consultation. Consider an office visit with Jessica and schedule a one-time intensive therapy session of two hours or a half or full day. Follow-up sessions can be discussed and arranged. To find out more and book an appointment, visit jafordgroup.com or call 262-726-4722. Credit card payments accepted at time of service. Out-of-network insurance reimbursement is possible, but not guaranteed. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to The Sexual Voice with Jessica Ford. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to The Sexual Voice at jafordgroup.com. Now, back to The Sexual Voice. Welcome back. And... Continuing on, my perspective is I see sex as a basic human need, as it is an intrinsic part of our desire to survive. I've learned over the past four months that it's not like a need of food or air or water, but there is this human need for physical connection. It motivates us to connect. Sex is about health. It's a intrinsic or innate part of our humanity. Sex is more than procreation, intercourse, and orgasm. It is human fulfillment. It's about pleasure. It's a powerful influence in the opening and closing of our hearts. All of the listeners over the past several months were asked to consider this show like a weekly visit to a sex therapist to learn about sex and how to talk about it, to learn how to define within themselves their own sexual needs, and to see if there was a difference between sexual hunger and sexual appetite, and then how to gain the confidence to express their own sexual voice. It truly is my hope that for some of you this has occurred. So 
in answering this question, is sex a basic human need? And we know from the very beginning this concept of hunger versus appetite. And Jim Faust talked about hunger as something from the inside out, the physiological. And that's really, I guess, what I'm talking about, this hunger that we have. Appetite is something that affects us from the outside in, this more psychological. I'm always intrigued the fact that the same areas of the brain that motivates our interest in food and music also include sex. So learning about our sexual voice has been a shared journey with our appetite of discovering and accepting what maybe we're hungry for. We can all seek touch to a basic degree, and we all do seek touch and satisfy this need in a variety of ways. The purpose of sex on an individual level is to feel pleasure and to enhance your interaction with the world because without being touched, you lose emotional nourishment and that emotional nourishment from touch is crucial to survival. We've also learned from Gina Ogden about these various components of sex, the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual, which is really not about religion, but the human spirit. I think Peggy Kleinplatz's research that taught us about wholehearted intimacy, the willingness to be true to oneself, to be emotionally naked while in the presence of another, And we've learned it's in some ways easier to be naked with someone, physically naked, than it is to be emotionally naked. We can expose our bodies to have sex, but we often don't expose our emotions when we're having sex. She urged us to go out on a limb, to be vulnerable and to share yourself. She also looked at we need to unlearn all the things that we've learned, the myths, the stereotypes, and what it means to be male or female. We need to be curious. We need to be explorers. We need to rebel. Arc with excitement. And this is about igniting that vitality. That's about coming awake, being alive. And how many of us are alive? How many of us feel fully awake? This show has brought me in contact with Facebook. I've been urged to go with social media. Have never been a proponent of Facebook. But what has struck me being on it for the last six months is how much time people actually spend on Facebook. And it's brought me to this question, is this living? And how are we connecting via the social media? I imagine uh, we all want to march to the beat of our own heart. And we want to connect our senses and whatever unique things that arouse us. So this optimal sexuality, we need to keep ourselves curious and open 
to explore ourselves and our others. But we know challenges can occur with sex, and this can be difficult for people, and it sometimes stops them from exploring their lives further, whether it be sexual pain or other kinds of sexual dysfunction. But what I learned from these two speakers, which was Carolyn Pukal and Stan Althoff, is that we need to communicate. We need to seek help, not to feel ashamed, not to feel embarrassed. We need to speak out in order for whatever is going on to heal, to improve. Stan says we sometimes need to be a more of a selfish lover so we can focus on what gives us pleasure and suggested that we turn it, tune in to the pleasure channel. And that's the fantasies that we have. I hear often when I'm speaking to someone and saying, how do you fantasize? What do you fantasize? And their comment says, oh, that would be a betrayal. I, I would feel unfaithful if I fantasized and yet they were struggling sexually. These are fantasies. These are rich, we have rich imaginations, and we should use them in whatever creative way we have. Leah Vallon, who, as I've mentioned before, my, my little cohort in this, shared, I see sex as a need to prioritize pleasure over pressure. Whatever we focus on is what grows. In developing our sexual voice, we must direct our energy to pleasure and avoid listening to the pressure from others, society, media, the church, or porn. She suggests we continually need to consider what is my sexual voice at this time. That was another point that Peggy had moved and had talked about is that our sexual experiences are always changing. She referred to it as the staircase in Harry Potter that is constantly shifting and moving. But that is life. Life is continually shifting and moving. So always checking in and trying to keep in contact with who you are and what your sexual voice might be. Is it full of guilt, shame, stress, fatigue, release, joy, adventure, or celebration? And maybe it combines some of these. Whatever it is, she said, we need to see it as an art. We can Photoshop out what we don't want and paste in what is healthy and authentic to us. Didn't mention Leah is an artist and a sex therapist. We can explore and change it to be what we desire. Like any art, it takes time, interest, and effort. This may sound difficult or scary, so let's approach finding our sexual voice with creativity and compassion for ourselves and others, she said. She wrote, I love the pearls of wisdom in the quotes, and she ended her portion of the show with, a poem from T.J. Jakes. Eagles mate in the air exactly if it's not done as an art, 
then why do it at all? Looking at what motivates us now to have sex. And a lot of it is, for many people, to attract love. And this often falls short because it's easy to use the words, I love you. And quite frequently, there's not much meaning behind that. So as we give ourselves sexually with the hope that love will be returned and it tragically doesn't occur. And understanding, as we heard from Barry McCarthy, we need to integrate intimacy with our eroticism. According to Barry, sex and relationships should be pleasurable, satisfying, erotic experiences. To form the relationship bond, he says, the role of sex should be about 15 to 20% of the relationship. So it's not all of the relationship, it's about 15 to 20%, with an average intercourse lasting three to seven minutes. So he's not mentioning how often you should have sex, but just the fact that it should encompass about 15 to 20% of your relationship. He also said we need to build a trust fund to establish this role. And without trust, without emotional safety, you would find that sex would be a lot less than this 15 or 20%. We've learned about the role of technology. Interesting phrase from Alexander Solomon, digital immigrants versus digital natives. She says that 20-year-olds now are the digital natives. And she cautions that she's wondering what they will come to know of love and desire without the use of a handheld device. We need to work on relational self-awareness and being present with the other. I cannot connect with you without knowing what's inside me, she said. And again, this idea of the five sensory things that we realizing we have touch, we have smell, we have taste, we have sight, and we have hearing. And while technology only allows us to use a small portion of it, we know there's no scratch and smell in technology. So what is it like when I ask recently a client in my office what drew him to someone and he said I enjoyed her smell or equally so a client that I previously had who was struggling with sex with his wife who said her smell repulsed me it's important to know that our online self will never be our 3D self. We've also learned about sexual trauma. 
But again, this word motivation. Individuals who have experienced sexual trauma, as we know from Wendy Maltz and Mike Liu, if they're motivated to learn and overcome the trauma, they can find sexual fulfillment. But they need to be able to talk about it and encourage to talk about it. Sex desire is a struggle. And Emily Nagowski and Joe Court talked about understanding that 75% and about 15% of women like spontaneous desire. And 5% of men and about 30% of women like responsive desire. And leaving about 50%, which is most of us, who like to have sex in context. So there has to be the meaning around what we're doing and how we feel when we engage sexually. And she did a wonderful job of explaining that. And I hope that you can go back and listen to any of these shows and understand in more detail why it contributed to my belief that sex is a basic human need. But in some ways, no one did that in a more profound way than Pepper Schwartz. She talked about the normal functioning event about touch. She says, touch is a normal functioning event in healthy relationships. And her explanation about kiss, and I for one like the kiss, understanding the importance of the kiss. She said it's a way sometimes of apology. It's a connector and it can be a peace offering. And without touch and connection, our health is negatively affected. Because we know, certainly in infancy, when the baby is first born, without touch, they don't survive. So we're about to take another break, and we'll be right back as we wrap up. So please stay tuned and be back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you available to travel to Jessica's office between Milwaukee and Chicago? When the need arises, some issues or situations require more than a brief consultation. Consider an office visit with Jessica and schedule a one-time intensive therapy session of two hours or a half or full day. Follow-up sessions can be discussed and arranged. To find out more and book an appointment, visit jafordgroup.com or call 262-726-4722. Credit card payments accepted at time of service. Out-of-network insurance reimbursement is possible but not guaranteed. Are you experiencing a sexual concern or issue that you would like to discuss? Jessica Ford is available for a brief consultation to help. For a nominal fee charged to your credit card, you can experience a 30-minute one-on-one confidential phone consultation with Jessica on your sexual situation or challenges you are experiencing. To schedule your personal consult with Jessica, email thesexualvoice at jafordgroup.com or contact her through her website, jafordgroup.com. Remember to provide your contact information. Jessica is here to help you. 
looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are listening to The Sexual Voice with Jessica Ford. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to The Sexual Voice at jafordgroup.com. Now, back to The Sexual Voice. And welcome back. And we're wrapping up here uh, at the last show of The Sexual Voice, especially on Voice America. The World Health Organization's position on sexual rights basically looks at the fulfillment of sexual health is tied to the extent to which human rights are respected, protected, and fulfilled. Sexual rights embrace certain human rights that are already recognized in international and regional human rights documents. But the rights critical to the realization of sexual health include the right to be free from torture or from cruel, inhumane, and degrading treatment or punishment, the right to privacy, the right to freedom of opinion and expression, the right to effective remedy for violations of functional rights. And I talk about human rights like this, and I talk about the World Health Organization, because this show reaches 140 countries. And looking at the stats for my show, I have almost as many listeners outside North America as I do inside North America. So understanding and judging from the emails or the Facebook connections that I've, and the Twitter connections that I've had with these individuals, is that many of them need to understand there are human rights and they need to be protected around their sexual health. The responsible exercise of human rights requires that all persons respect the rights of others. Sexual rights protect all people's rights to fulfill and express their sexuality and enjoy sexual health with due regard for the rights of others within a framework of protection against discrimination. Over the course of the sexual voice, we have explored sex as a basic need and have learned it is as it applies to our need to be touched and to touch. It promotes health and well-being. The underlying premise is that this sexual touch is consensual between willing participants without duress or fear. While the sexual education I received in growing up was at times conflictual, one statement my father shared with me in my teens stands out. Anything between consenting individuals is okay. This idea of sexual consent is not new. And like in the show with Dr. Neil Cannon in the BDSM discussion, it is practiced, but not always in our more mainstream lives. 
in committed relationships, consent is required for touching. It should not be simply implied because we're together. And while it is rarely asked, consent is always required. It is about trust and respect. If we are playing around and you touch or grab me in a way that's uncomfortable or painful and I ask you to stop and you continue without my consent, this is inappropriate. If you touch me in public ways, I don't like. You keep, and you keep doing it. This is not about respect or trust. Sexual rights to protect all people's rights to fulfill and express their sexuality and to enjoy sexual health with due regard for the rights of others. I often say I have the right to say no or change my mind without being demeaned as cold, frigid, or a bitch. If I say yes, it is equally that I'm not a whore. Or if I say yes today and have, I should have the right to say no tomorrow. All of these are just my right, coming from my sexual voice at any given moment. I'm going to ask you to understand that this consent is a right, and with all rights, it requires responsibility. So I urge you to be responsible, to require respect from others by knowing and respecting yourself. Healthy sex does begin with you, and speaking up takes courage and bravery, and it's now time to be brave. So take a moment, please, and consider just a state of mind with open awareness about being present. Because a lot of what I've talked about over the course of this show today or this episode today and the previous shows is we need to be present with ourselves to know ourselves. We need to be whole. We need to connect with our minds, our bodies, and our hearts. Take this moment and explore. Great seers have always told us to acquire experience. They have said that experience gives us understanding, but it is only the innocent mind, the beginner's mind, the mind unclouded by experience, totally free from the past. It is only such a mind that can perceive what is reality. If you see the truth of that, if you perceive it for a split second, you will know the extraordinary clarity of a mind that is innocent. This means the falling away of all the incrustations of memory, which is the discarding of the past. To perceive it, there can be no question of how. Your mind must not be distracted by the how by the desire for an answer. Such a mind is not an attentive mind. In the beginning is the seed of the ending, of that which we call sorrow. The ending of sorrow is realized in sorrow itself, not away from sorrow. To move away from sorrow is merely an answer, a conclusion, an escape. The sorrow continues. Whereas if you give it complete attention, 
which is to be attentive with your whole being, then you will see that there is an immediate perception in which no time is involved, in which there is no effort, no conflict. And it is this immediate perception of choiceless awareness that will put an end to sorrow. And that was from J. Krishnamurti. So apply that to our sexual being. Can we expand our curiosity, be open, be present with ourselves? Can we be explorers into our sexuality? Can we begin to have that gaze of the beginner's mind, that innocent mind, of discarding, as Peggy Kleinplatz had said, letting go of all stereotypes we know and opening ourselves up to what makes us glow in the dark, to realize that a lot of our sorrow and grief we create ourselves. And if we can let go and just experience life, experience ourselves as being fully awake in the moment, this might change how we see not only ourselves, but how we see others. Opening our hearts, expanding our hearts, as opposed to constricting them. We need to change our perception. We need to look at people with clarity and see them as the whole people that they are, treating them with respect while asking for respect for ourselves. I want to thank all of you so much for listening. And please remember, healthy sex begins with you. I'm going to ask you to continue and explore your sexual needs. They're important. And maybe if you have more answers toward, is sex a basic human need for you? You can let me know. This show may appear again in some other form or through another media. One never knows, and I'm always open, alive with the unexpected. So please stay in touch with me on Facebook or Twitter or email. I wish you all the very best. And again, thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jessica and her guests today on The Sexual Voice. Please tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy your sexual self, and please join us here next Friday.